Cron Heights, Brooklyn Zone, Diamond Dozen joins me here on Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Life 265, iHeartRadio. You know what it is. One of the nicest MCs in the game. No doubt about it. He's not afraid to go bar for bar with anyone in the game. I've heard him in past interviews. He would go at it with the biggest MCs in the game, maybe from Kendrick, all the way. He's not afraid to really step up to the plate here, and you can hear it in his work, man. Go check out everything because Crown Fried, he considers that the blueprint and the reasonable doubt. He's really putting on for New York and really cares about the craft of emceeing, which a lot of artists don't really do anymore. And the DJs in New York really don't care about, which is a disgrace. But Diamond Dozen is really carrying on for tradition here. Diamond Dozen, welcome to the show, man. How's everything going? How's life? How's everything? Everything's cool, man. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah, just, you know, continuing to stay creative and, you know, representing that good old Brooklyn, representing that Crown Heights. Just, you know, bringing that authentic. So back to the game, you know, just doing what I do, what I've been doing. <laughs> exactly. You've been doing it for for years now. A lot of friends switching up over money and greed to shit at the <laughs> Now I can relate to that, man. So how do you really deal with that? Because to me, I can relate because I'm a wholesome person. I consider myself to be a real one in this industry, as well as you. I can tell just by me watching your interviews, reading your articles and learning about your story and listening to your music. Yet you you're a real one. So how do you maneuver through the industry as far as making connections and, and keeping a, a close-knit circle, knowing that people just switch up on you for no reason? It, it could take a mental toll on you after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it just comes with lessons and uh, just experience with just people. I feel like growing up, uh, I kind of learned a lesson of, you know, friendship and uh, business just in the business, <laughs> you know, it's like I was a young guy, maybe even like 14 when I finally like officially started getting my feet wet, getting into the, uh, you know, performing and, you know, meeting industry people. DJ Clark Kent uh, sat me down and wanted to sign me at like maybe like 15, 16. So like these are like points where, you know, you see like what the business is and you see what, you know, you got to deal with early in the game. But I feel like I just learned, you know, I learned how to navigate through life in the game. So I think with experience, you just, just learn how to adjust, you know, and, uh, you know, figure out what's real, real and what's not, you know, who, you know, you, you learning uh, from experiences, like what people might be on, like when they come through with certain approaches, uh, something I think of like a lot when I feel like, I got into the game. I feel like a lot of people would tell me like they love me. Like a lot of people would just tell me like, yo, this is, you know, we love you, though. We want to see you win. This is why, you know, you felt like you were real like friends with them. But like at the end of the day, if it's like not benefiting like their lives in any way to like fuck with you, then, you know, at the end of the day, they're not really your friends. They just your friends because this is benefiting them. So you know, you learn certain situations like that. That's a life lesson that I learned within the industry about business and friendship, you know? So I guess, you know, navigating and adjusting is how I've kind of persevered. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And especially with social media, it reveals people's true character and oh, actions. Yeah. It reveals everything, how they react on social media. They'll they'll love you the next day. They'll tell you they love you. And as soon as you hang up with them, they follow you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets deep. So, you know, this... Yeah, it's just life lessons. Like I said in uh, the Spirit of Steve's joint, life lessons. 
missteps turn a one night of 0.5 seconds to a life sentence. Seen life lost for a light ticket. It's like, you know, these is, you, you have these experiences, you you see how shit works in this world, and, you know, and you adjust. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And, and you've been doing this at such a young age, 11 years old, because you, you started out as a gospel rapper. Your mother wanted to shelter you away from the hip-hop lane, so you were in the church early on. Yeah, it's actually funny. Uh, recently, maybe like a month ago, my mentor, Q the Prophet, he invited me to come speak to his youth uh, at his church. He's running like a church now. But uh, I'm that's actually, the guy that inspired you. Yeah, he's like you know, basically sat me down, taught me how to structure raps, taught me how to yeah, rap essentially, really sixteen bar verses, hooks. Uh, he was the first rapper I saw perform. So. Yeah, I became a rapper in church and I was kind of trying to mimic and trying to uh, be like Q the Prophet. So, um, yeah, that's how I started, you know, seeing him and wanting to do what he did and, you know, de- uh, developing my own style from there. How did your mom feel about it once you did take the hip hop lane? Uh, at first, she didn't really, you know, take it too serious. You know, uh, you know, of course, you're starting, you're not that good at something. Uh I guess as I continued to build and like YouTube became like a, a like an important tool for me to, you know, express myself, get my vision out. And as I got it out, you know, more people started to gravitate towards me, started getting more fans, uh, started, you know, downloads on tapes, uh, on downloads of mixtapes and albums and singles. And my mom started to see those numbers. She was like, oh, OK, so you you're a business right now like let's get this together like let me help you i remember uh my mom uh assisted me on creating uh, a showcase called the live life showcase mm-hmm. that we threw in, threw in brooklyn on saint marks and utica mostly in my hood of uh, crown heights uh it was like a showcase where i basically gave i lended like the resources that i had within the music industry and, you know, what I have gained over the years, like doing my YouTube videos, meeting like and collaborating with other people, photographers, uh, you know, engineers. I was just gathering those resources and doing like competition based community event called the Live Life Showcase. And like this artists like Joey Badass would like perform. That was his first show. Chelsea Reject. I got Radimus, Shaw Summers. There's a lot of artists that was in New York. Uh, even outside of New York, I shot some from Virginia. He, uh, you know, came over here and, and he did the first competition and won the first competition. So it was like my mom actually helped me put those events together after she saw that I was like serious about this music thing. And, you know, to this day, she's still very supportive. That's amazing. It, what's What's been her the highlight for her and what she's seen you accomplish throughout the industry? Because you're also in the acting. Because you had to be bringing her out to some of these shows, man. So what's been the highlight for her? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first time I went to Europe, I actually brought my mom. So I got to tour Europe in, yeah, like 2013-14. And, uh, yeah, I did like a European tour, London, uh, Brussels, Belgium, uh, Zurich, Switzerland, Munich, Germany. So I got to, you know, go with my mom to a lot of these places and she got to see me perform and, you know, got to tour the world with my mom one time. So I could see that as like being like a highlight for her. And, you know, things like, you know, being writing Domino's commercials and stuff like that and stuff coming on TV. And she's like, oh, my God, it's, you, you, you know, 
your song is on TV or like, you know, me being on Wu-Tang. Oh, my God, I saw you on Wu-Tang. You did such a good job. So, you know, as I continue to grow, um, it's dope that, you know, she can witness it and I can make her proud. Uh, and you've had a long journey in this because when we look back at phony people and you being signed with Warner because they were the ones that discovered you and put put you on, on that label and I think you were Atlantic at a time too. Yeah, yeah. Um, phony people was my band, a band like a group of guys that I had met in high school, and we formed a band. But even before I got with them, I was doing my whole Dama Dozen thing on YouTube. You know, maybe from two thousand six. Yeah, you were back in the blog era, like right around Soldier Boy. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like me and Soldier Boy like started making videos around the same time. I feel like he he was January and maybe I was like August. So like we entered like YouTube around the same time. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it started off like yeah, me doing the YouTube thing, and then yeah phony people came later you know i came to high school and i met these like talented guys and you know we just got together started doing shows together so before i even got to uh warner brothers i was like working with them i had my solo career going on and i was approached by warner brothers uh uh about my solo career so um you know dante ross is his name the a&r he, he signed buster rhymes he signed uh odb Leaders in the new school, you know, uh, you know, third base. MC Search, classic. MC Search, facts. So, you know, that was an honor, you know, to even, you know, get the attention. And at the time, he was managing Action Bronson. So, you know, he was, I felt like he was a very good judge of talent. So I was just like, yeah, you know, let me rock out with these guys. And then playing Pat, you know, Kid Cudi, you know, Kanye West, you know. DJ Caslow, Kid Cudi's DJ. So these, this is a camp that I kind of like looked up to. Just like, oh my god, like good music, getting out our dreams. Uh, you know, dream on, like the dreamers. Like these were like before Meek Mill. These were like the <laughs> these were the dreamers. So I was just like, you know, hey, you know. So that was like a part of my journey, like being a phony people, then getting signed as an individual on a label to those guys with those guys. Like it was a production deal. Plus, like I was on Warner, and then uh, yeah, I started just. You know, helping phony people with like, you know, getting into like certain doors. Like, you know, I started, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like I brought phony people into the game through like my name type shit, you know. And yeah, that's kind of kind of how it like started with you know me being like in the industry. Yeah, I do, I do want to ask you this because you you were you were in the YouTube space and early time. All, all the, before this whole world star and everyone taking over and trying to get famous and chase okay. the clout. What happened to people such as you doing it for the love of it? I mean, this is what you want to do and how you want to make a living, but you have you have a love for it and you have such a deep knowledge because you know the A and R's behind the scene and who did this and who signed who. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened for the appreciation of people wanting to actually learn the craft and and love the art of hip hop and the history? What do you think happened with that with some of these newer artists? Um, I feel like there was a shift. Um, I feel like. With internet culture, especially like early YouTube days and, you know, early blog era days, there was a lot of uh, freedom and, um, you know, expression wasn't so censored. You know, when you start dealing with like bigger companies and you start dealing with people that are giving out checks and the reasons they give out checks and it's like they're making it their world and they're like setting their own standard into a world that didn't even exist before the people built it. 
you know. So in the times where we were building it, you know, it was very much community based. It was like it was like our 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 BET was being ran through the Internet. You know, our MTV, you know, they were programming it on TV and that shit was dying in front of their faces. while this whole fucking revolution of, you know, digital social media shit is just like growing. It's kind of like how TikTok and streaming is now to like the older people. It was like we were just growing from YouTube and they didn't have any fucking hold over that shit. So it was like now that you got big corporations getting behind the shit, you know, you know, the, the rules change. You got people doing it for the wrong reasons. You got people look, looking at shit like, oh, wow, you know, I, this is a quick come up for me. Not to say nobody was ever looking at it like, you know, that's been a thing for years. But it's like now motherfuckers don't care. Like they, this shit is a, a, you know, they'll do it for a quick buck. and you know, society and the industry is, is like telling them it's okay. You feel me? It's not like there's no rules anymore. Like, you know, hip hop was like something that was kind of sacred and kind of ran by the people and with integrity. But when you, you know, when it doesn't cost to be, in, if it doesn't pay to be integ- integral, if it doesn't pay to be honorable, like motherfuckers don't care. And this shit, you know, it just continues to get passed down from generation to generation now, hopefully like not let's like that's why i'm trying to change shit you know just to you know honor the 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 craft and you know just be someone that just just takes that shit to a next another level or just keeps the you know keep that shit classy you know like not shit on the the culture like keep that shit rich keep that shit like respectable you know i don't want this shit to be whored the fuck out you know so i feel like that's the difference right now you know it was just less control you know everything goes mainstream and the let more left it goes. I feel like the underground and the streets, like I, it definitely, it, it, the heart of everything is from like the underground, you know. So when it goes too mainstream, too left, shit gets corny, and then those motherfuckers come back down and try to fucking take the underground again. So it's like, you know, it's got to stay authentic. That's why yeah. you know shit gets fucked up because mainstream. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mainstream. It's it's definitely ruined it, it, some aspects of hip hop. It doesn't make it enjoyable. Some of these new artists are are terrible, and they do everything that's trendy. And I love guys like you that are lyrical and 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 do it for the art of hip hop and have a story to tell and, and get me thinking. When we look back at artists, even ones you've opened up for, Talib Kweli, Rakim. I mean, open it up for the God MC. That that's crazy. Walk me through that experience to open it up with the God MC. Oh my goodness, that was Philly. Wait, yeah, wow, yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, it was a show. It was a Red Bull show, you know. And uh, I feel like it's Red Bull Sound Select, I believe, you know. And yeah, I got a chance to open up for the guy MC Rakim. Got to meet him before the show, you know. Very, you know, open to the younger generation. Just had a lot of respect for like what I was doing, and you know. That means the world to somebody that just like, you know, like I said, I came from church, you know, I came from being sheltered from the hip hop game. So I kind of had to catch up, you know, and these guys from the 80s, you know, so it's like, damn, I'm like trying to be a rapper in 2000, not knowing shit about fucking, you know, the Juice Crew. (laughs) Yeah, right. No idea who the fuck Juice Crew is, fucking, you know, uh, uh, Kane, KRS, G Rap. G-Rat, you feel me? Like, I really had to get back into the culture. So, like, I did my research and became, like, updated on, like, hip-hop. Like, I was, like, a hip-hop historian type shit. I did my homework from, like, 11 years old to now. So, it was, like, 
you know, and I still have more to do. And I cherish the game. I respect it. So it's like it's coming from a place of, you know, respecting your elders and respecting like the the culture, like what we built and trying to, you know, push it further. Exactly. And you're and you're helping to push it further. And even Brooklyn greats such as Fabulous, he recognizes it, brought you out to Brooklyn hip hop fest to perform. But you got on that chicken remix because. That's that's when history was made because the fans were doing tag fab tag fab getting his attention, mm-hmm. and then the record came about and he spoke about no one really embracing him early on and he was mm-hmm. like I'm gonna do what no one did for me when I was coming up and he said I'm gonna help you out. Right, you gotta respect that because you know he saw the pattern and he didn't want to you know kind of be that guy again. You know it's like I feel like like he said the generation before him. You know, especially in New York, I feel like it's just such a New York pride being like the home of hip hop is like a lot of, you know, it's still like that. We're just very just serious about our shit. And it's like we don't really fuck with a lot of other people. And like it's about our gang. It's about our Brooklyn, Queens, like everybody repping their shit. And it's not too much, too much unity. So to see like the OG be like, all right, you know, I see he got something going on. Let me, you know, give him this assist. You know, he actually DM me and hit me up about doing a remix. So, you know, I sent him the joint, he sent it back, not too, you know, like a few days after. Came to my neighborhood, did the video. So it was like, you know, we put on World Star, got a mill. So, you know, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. And then bring me out of the fucking festival. It was like, you know, so he really broke the, you know, generational curse of, you know, uh, a top dog in New York, not really, you know, passing the torch to a, you know, a younger guy. So I feel like, yeah, that was a historic moment. And just to even, like, be known by those guys, just, like, I remember watching these motherfuckers on fucking TV, like, as a kid. And it's just like, damn, you respect my shit. I learned from you. So, gotta love it. Keeping it godly. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy full sucker moment. Yeah, Keeping it godly was, like, one of my first, if not my first song that I wrote. And I wrote it in church. And I was trying to impress Q the Prophet, you know, and I was trying to, you know, just put it together. We come through, keeping the golly. And my boy, my boy Nuki, shout out to Nuki. If you're out there anyway watching this shit. Um, boy Nuki in church, you're probably about like 9, 10, 11, like real young. And he was like, yo, you, you should do like a remix of Fabulous. We come through, keeping it gangsta. And I guess like you just flipped it and made keeping the golly. And look, now Fabulous is collaborating with me, coming to my neighborhood and shooting videos in my building. Crazy. And he's coming out (laughs) all decked out in Fabulous style. Came through with the Hank Aaron Braves jersey, too. Oh, my God. And 44 on it, too. And it was so weird because that was, like, just reoccurring numbers to me, too. And, like, yeah, you know, I feel like it goes back to, like, Underground Hove. Like, Underground Hove is, like, my... I I was kind of crowned that name by a few people, like, within my neighborhood and shit. And I kind of, like, ran with it. But... It, shit keeps coming back to that for some reason because like that's crown heights you know four four like four 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 jay-z i feel like at that moment it was just like things aligning i feel like those are uh, angel numbers of like alignment and it, me being from crown heights and dj clark can't be from crown, crown heights and reasonable doubt being recorded in crown heights you know it was just like oh this is kind of crazy it's like i feel like the fucking underground hove i feel like the new you know, person that's supposed to be in that spot in Brooklyn that's supposed to be like carrying that torch for Brooklyn. That's how I feel. I agree. 
No, I do. I hear it in your music, man. Just checking out your discography and just everything that you put forth this far. I definitely, and when you came out with the record, Underground Hove, I definitely see that. And, and the swag and, and just the way that you carry yourself, it reminds me a lot how Jay-Z carried himself back in the day. So, And, and he had to do it himself, too, at a point, because no one believed in him. Everyone said right. he, he sucked. He rapped too slow. He rapped too fast. Right. They were wrong. They're all wrong. Right. <laughs> and that's what it's about, you know, just proving them wrong, too, because it's like you got to ha- a lot of people don't have vision. I've realized that a lot of people can't see, like, the future. They can't see. They don't have artistic vision. They can't. Like, I can close my eyes and see what the fuck I want to do in these next fucking two months. Like, I can see the shit. I can see how I want to do it. And like, people don't have that. So it's no, like they don't believe in it. It's just insane. And 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 look at everything you manifested. Acting. So you see what your life is, and everyone else. It pisses you off because I go through it too. Because you'll be like, I want to do this. And then when it finally happens, they're nowhere to be found. <laughs> right. Or they're watching and they just like don't want to give the love. But it's like, hey, you're just going to have to see. Like, you've got to really bring shit to life. Motherfuckers do not have vision. They can't see. They can't see what you see. So it's like, that's what that's what art is so beautiful because it's like you, you have a point of view and you bring that shit to life and, you know, and you make people believers. Yeah. And I'm sure you've, do, do, uh, do you feel as all the people that doubted you made them believers or do you feel as though they're still not showing the love? I, what do you think? Um, I feel like it's a, it's a journey. You know, you got to keep just going. I feel like people that are truly talented and people that are really supposed to be doing this, you know, it's going to work out for them somehow, you know, as long as you just stay grinding and stay consistent and stay creative and, you know, don't get discouraged. You know, it's so easy to get discouraged in this game, you know, and, and just anything, man, because I feel like the world constantly feeds us things that break our spirits, constantly just feeds us these ideas of like us not being good enough when I feel like we're here for a reason and, you know, we're here for a purpose and we shouldn't even be, be beating ourselves up about it. It's, it should be like a, a natural, organic thing. And like once we find that thing, I feel like, that shit should go out the window. So it should like we should really just not even have doubt. Like yeah. So I feel like the best attitude is to just to stay motivated and know that you know we're in this shit for a reason and just stay pure and not just just be a good person, man. Like I feel like being a good person just goes a long way. Just having pure intentions and not trying to fuck people over. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that, you know, because that shit comes back and you're just like, yeah, man. I'm glad I, I did the right thing, man. Because it's so easy to do the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, it is. And, and pe- you, people will screw you over. And then when you, because karma, you got to give it right back to them. Keep that energy. They'll look exactly. at you as the problem when it's them. That's that's what gets me. That's what's crazy. And, but yeah, I just, as long as you know, I'm like, as long as I, my heart was in the right place, you know, I wasn't malicious in any way, you know, that's all you can do. You just give it to God. It's like, hey, man, like I did the best I could do. And, uh, yeah, I'm gonna continue to do the best I can do. Exactly. I'm not gonna let anything that may be considered like I keep like I watch so many interviews, I watch like documentaries of like great people and people how like come up stories and how people persevered and just like just don't quit, bro. It's like and then and it's always like when you're just about to quit, like that shit you make it, you know, you make it through somehow, man. And I'm a believer that like just having faith, man, because because I feel like the energy of having doubt even just puts a damper on your spirit too. I feel like that even just brings negative energy towards you. But like, if you just 
carry like the lightness of I got this. You know, I feel like life is what Pharrell said, you know, life is life is easy, we just make it hard. Mm. It's true. Any encounters with Hove at all? Because you have all these connections, Clark Kent, you have all these big time cosigns and people that you work with. Have you had any encounters with Hove at all? Seen him out or I'm sure he's heard of you. I'll put it that way. Um okay, so in my song I just uh I did a uh, on the radar freestyle not too long ago. I said uh first youngin with a fat feature and a life and times hove cosign. Uh I remember there was a site, I don't know if it's still up right now, but it was the lifeandtimes.com. It was like a Jay-Z blog. And um at the time, you know, I don't know how involved Jay-Z was <laughs> with like every single thing uh, of the blog, but about like 2013, my song New Brooklyn, which was like newly released and I had just got signed to Warner Brothers. It was like on the front page of like Life and Times. So, uh, you know, <laughs> word was like that whole didn't, he, like he approved everything that was on that site. He didn't want no bullshit on the site. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that was him saying, oh, it's good, New Brooklyn. Oh, I like that, yeah, throw that up there. Giving the okay on that. Hopefully, the, in my mind, that's what Hope said. Like, yeah, yeah, I like that. Throw that up there. You know, uh, yeah, so that's, like, really my own, only, like, real encounter with, like, you know, being associated with Jay-Z or, like, him, you know, maybe even crossing my path and knowing about my music. But I don't know personally. I never met him. But definitely one of my biggest inspirations coming out of Brooklyn, for sure. It's coming. Other inspirations, Kanye West, 50 Cent, Eminem. We already talked about Fab. So yeah, all these guys have gone through their own trials and tribulations. So you can mm-hmm. see how the paths are aligning with even what you're going through with them. So that's probably why you relate to them most. Right. It's like history repeating itself, you know, and I've seen stories where, you know, people uh, might might have thought you were down, like, you know, 50 Cent, for example, uh, getting shot nine times, you know, like being on the label that basically like wanted to drop on me you know, basically like reigniting his career and becoming one of the biggest fucking artists 20 years later, touring, selling out arenas all over the world. You know, so it's like, you could look at 50 Cent. Oh, this guy's down bad. This guy's out of here. He's finished. And I've heard so many people say shit like that about me. So, but it's like, you know, things can change tomorrow. You feel me? And it's like, it's all about the attitude. It's all about you just being strong enough to survive. And like that's why I say like ghetto Olympics. Damn, I've been wearing my shit the whole time. Oh, that's fire! <laughs> you got your own merch up there. Yes, sir. Ghetto Olympics, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got a Brooklyn connection for you. I got I'm wearing my old dirty bastard T-shirt with his faces Ooh. on it with the art pieces. So Brooklyn right. connection, Brooklyn Zoo. Brooklyn Zoo. Yeah, and you got the ghetto Olympics cover right here. Oh, that's Olympics fire! Painting. Like, I'm very Ghetto Olympic style. Ghetto Olympics to me is just like, you know, our everyday lives. And everyday just, struggle, like Biggie, you've described it as that, just the struggles. Yeah, man. You know, it's just about making it through because, you know, we, we're, we're built for this. You know, we'll be able to make it. We'll be able to survive. We'll be able to last. Yeah. And Ghetto Olympics 2 is available on all platforms. Training out is available training, on all. You got that out there, too. Training 1 and 2. You've been working, man. So what's going to, because I know you're going on tour here with Rome mm-hmm. Street. So when was the first time you, you got a connection with Rome Street? This is the first time you guys are going to be linking up? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I've known Rome for years. Um known for years. Yeah, me and Rome have been like around like the same circles. Like I remember uh, this is a spot 
called Community 54 um, in, in New York City. I remember meeting Rome for the first time back there and like having a cypher with him, like me, him, and my boy, Watsi Haru. That's another Brooklyn guy that's, he's on a low, he's like a little mysterious, like he got some shit cooking. That's my guy, shout out to Watsi. Uh, but yeah, we were ciphering back in like 2012 and shit, man. Like, you know, so that's like my, my buddy from like back then. We uh, were part of like a collective, not a collective, but it was like a, a a community called like rap school back in the day, like uh maybe like a few years ago, ten years ago. Rap school was like you know rappers in the, uh, in New York gathering together doing showcases. Like me and him probably had a show together like maybe like two years ago. He came out to like a show of mine last year. So me and Rome been tight for a minute, but we never like did any like official shows. This would be like our first time doing like a co-headliner type of situation. Yeah, yeah. I like the theme of it too. You got the Texas Chainsaw vibe to it. Mm-hmm. With the flyer, so it's gonna be fu- it's gonna be fire down there. Yeah, man, we coming through the kill shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> see the underground. Th- that's where it's really at because you see what happened with the Griselda guys. I mean, you've been doing this for years, so and as well as them because when you look at Conway and Benny and these guys, these guys are in their late thirties, early forties, so they they've been doing it a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's definitely a uh a lane that's been carved out and made popular like by guys like that guys that are not necessarily like the the young trendy but it's more like they're reminiscing and uh nostalgic of like uh like 90s hardcore like 90 boom bap you know they got like more of that vibe and i feel like room is uh definitely a modern version of that and an, an, an evolution of like what those guys are you know, but they're like maybe like the older versions, and like I feel like I'm more like around Rome's age too. So it's like I feel like with like the new era, and that that's a cool lane for me to touch. But I'm not just that either. You know, like you know, I got my singing shit. I could throw me different type of records, but I do feel like this is that dope lane for me to touch. And you know, I feel like I can help expand that lane. I've always been. I always say like I'm a star player, but I'm a team player. <laughs> like I feel like I could help take shit to the next level just with my presence in uh, a collective. Like, my talents could help up what we got going on. So I'm always up to, like, assist. I feel like even, like, the name Dime a dozen, like, Dime, like, assisting, like, throwing something up, like, assisting motherfuckers all the time, like, throwing alley-oops, like, about a dozen. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I feel like that's, like, a lane and, you know, a comfortable space for me to, like, get my touring startup because this is my first solo tour as a solo artist in america wow that's big mm-hmm. that's big and and even i've had conversations with master ace do you feel as though that the, pr- the promoters around here are, are janky because he prefers touring overseas like you oh, said yeah. europe do you feel like they're, they're they're janky over here um i can see like definitely like an artist like master ace being more appreciated overseas too because like overseas like the fans over there just got a different type of they love that real hip-hop yeah man and i've seen it i've seen it firsthand like putting out music two months and then going out there and them knowing like everything already and it's like what the fuck like how what <laughs> it still goes in my head it's like what the fuck but uh yeah i could definitely see that because you know america i feel like we're a little spoiled you know but um it also has to do with like places in America, because I've been to play some spots in America that I just turn up, you know, like, I've toured with phony people at, like, as a band, different places, like, you know, Boston, 
Atlanta and DC and LA, all these like open up for Erica Badu in LA, you know, uh, was big. you feel me, Talib Kali, most deaf in Atlantic City. So I've gotten to see like different crowds like that aren't necessarily New York, but overseas is just a whole different story. So I would agree with Master Ace, like that energy. I feel like America, turn the fuck up, man. If y'all want to, y'all want motherfuckers to be talking to y'all like y'all not, you know, appreciating the music, then show y'all appreciation. Cause I know it's somebody, as people out here, like, you know, us, I'm sure like, you know, you appreciate like good music and, you know, come on, you represent this hip hop shit. So it's like, I look at your fucking posters in there. You got fucking kid and play and shit. Like, yeah. you got fucking Rock Kim on your shit. Fucking, you know, J Lo. So it's like, you, you about the culture. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. About the culture, man. About the culture, man. Yeah, the culture, man. About the culture, man. Oh, you got the four, 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 the Jay Z. All of them. Magna Carta, Holy. Oh, you got all of them. Yeah, Magna Carta facts. You got the Reasonable Doubt one there. Yeah, what you think? That's like the darkest one. Yep. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I can see it's kind of. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> Close up of his hat. Yeah, that. There you go. There you go. Now I see it. Now I see. It. What's your favorite song off a of Reasonable Doubt? The first song that came to mind, Liver, uh, got on Liver Regrets. Mm. I just came to mind first. I've always appreciated Twenty Two Twos just because of the. Uh, too much West Coast, you know what, licking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, man, like just the skill of that, like coming like up, because I was just very um, I was interested in like writing techniques and like respect. I res I respect like you know how he did that with the twenty two twos and how like Nas did like I gave you power like uh. Like, just very, like, unique writing. Like, Eminem with Stan. Like, I was very much into that. I feel like those are some of, like, the best songs written, period. I agree. You know, something like, you, you take a concept, you just, like, rock with that for a whole verse or rock it for a whole song. So, like, 22-2s, that, like, coming up, like, that writing style just always intrigued me. So, that's probably, like, one of my... It's so many good songs in fucking Reasonable Doubt. Oh, man. Feeling it. Is. Bring it on. Cashmere Feeling Thoughts. It. Oh, my God. Cashmere Thoughts. Oh my goodness, yeah. So, legend, come on, man. So it's like, yeah, you got big shoes to fill. It's Hope, it's, it's Brooklyn, but these these thirteen albums, we're not even counting the albums in between the collabos. So it's like this man had a fucking long lasting career, and he started off in his late twenties. You feel me? Yeah. And I've been doing this. You feel me? And I've had mixtapes in my in my teens, and I dropped albums in my twenties, and it's like I got a fucking career in front of me, and I'm not stopping because I got so many ideas and. So much inspiration around me and so much motivation, reasons not to stop. <laughs> yeah, no. And you could do a, a best of both worlds yourself, you know, reference to Jay Z, because look at Pantry. Like you said, you like the R&B records. So you can mm. do your own R&B records. Right. Yeah. That's very interesting. Like, I'll be thinking about that sometimes too. It's like best of both worlds. Like, I don't even need a motherfucker to do it with me. Yeah. <laughs> I really do the best of both worlds. I could do my own. And that's a very interesting concept. I might fuck around and do some shit like that. I, and I feel like I kind of do it like by accident anyway, because it's like, you know, like I was in phony people and in phony people that I was like lead singer. So it was like that really, you know, coming from church and being in the choir and shit like that I was also in the choir. But 
the band gave me like a, a voice. Like it helped me get my singing chops up. I was on the road fucking belting out in front of people. Like we opened up for fucking Eric Badu. Like I had to like not half step. Like this lady's a fucking, you know, I had to sound good. So that really helped me get my chops up. So it helped me be more comfortable singing on the track. So um, yeah, man, like I'm gonna be doing that a lot more. So it's like, I could be my own best of both worlds. <laughs> no you can i think you should try that it'd be interesting i don't see too many i mean you saw it with tory um but unfortunately he's not going to be home anytime soon and um you know that could be really unique though because he was more branded as an r&b singer but you're more branded as a hip-hop artist so to mm. do the, the r&b records too that's that would be interesting to do your own best of both worlds oh yeah and yeah that's interesting you said that too because my um my next two records that i'm scheduled to record are actually features and they're straight singing. Yeah. So, so these are going to be the next two that, because I was going to get into that. What, what are the new, what's going to be the upcoming releases for you? Oh, well, hmm. well, these two that I was talking about that are straight singing are actually features with uh, a few of my closest uh, collaboration partners. Um, got this girl named Rady J. I did a remix to one of her songs under the same like management team she's great like she got like tiktok on smash like she did a live tiktok the other day it was like fucking fifteen thousand people watching her record and I was, like, what the fuck? but like before i even knew about any of that like i was just like very just impressed by like her skill like she's like a melodic drill singer <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's, it's pretty dope and you know she's talented so i was just gonna hop on that record like i was feeling one of her joints and i wanted to say some things so but as far as like my own records, I have a song called like House that I'm really excited about. I've been looking for like a female feature for a little bit. You know, right now, like a lot of the women in the game are like representing and making like like the, the most noise. So I feel like I wanted to find the right girl to get on the record. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of about like the uh, the internet relationship between like men and women right now, like, you know, like the toxic back and forth double standard like type of shit so it's like going to be very relatable to like what we got going on but uh yeah i wanted to spit my perspective and i wanted like a, a dope female mc to just kind of kill me <laughs> like <laughs> it would just like wash me on the track but um yeah so the, I'm, I'm gearing up to you know got some plans for that um i got this world domination album concept you know i feel like I heard about that, the world domination inspired by you, you can't change the world unless you change yourself, which mm-hmm. Puff Daddy said. So, right. Right. Yeah, man. It's, it's, a, it's a constant reminder. <laughs> you know, world domination, world domination. I, some people might hear it and say, oh, this nigga, oh, he's trying to like, oh, take over the world type shit. Yeah. But yeah, you can't change the world. You can't do anything until like you're really right within, like Lauren Hill said. How you going to win when you ain't right, right within? So it's about, you know, a journey within self to, you know, self-improve, to become a better person. And I feel like God doesn't give you anything that you're not ready for at the moment. So all these tests and all this training, all these things that you go through to become this better you are necessary. You know, so I feel like that's what the concept kind of derives from in order to dominate the world, you got to be dominating life on your own standards, like to the best of your ability, like 
making that shit happen, going through the training and becoming a better youth in order to be in that position as, you know, one of the best. Yeah. But what do you think you had to change within yourself to change the world that you're looking at right now? Um, just, just the way I, my perception of certain things, like just the way I looked at, it's like we spoke earlier about like business and friendship, um, realizing things of business, you know, not taking things so personal. You know, a lot of people get caught up, you know, in the emotion of, oh, this person said they were going to do this or this person did this to me. I'll never forgive. I'll never. But it's like, you know, I feel like a journey of self-improvement is forgiving them, forgiving yourself, understanding that people are human, understand that people make mistakes, understanding that you want to be treated the way you want people to treat people, you the way you want to be treated, you know, like. I wouldn't do anything to you or treat you any way that I feel like was, you know, something that I wouldn't want to feel, you know, um, especially for like for no reason. <laughs> like I don't got no reason. Like of course, like we going at it, and I know like I can actively be like, all right, motherfucker. Well, it hurt you that way, but even with that, it's like being conscious of these things because it's like if you're doing like a wrong deed, like are you like being a fucked up person, at least know that you're doing it. So <laughs> it's just about being conscious about like what the fuck you're doing and like just becoming a better person through that. Like what makes sense to be like, what, what's a good person to you? Like what is like, you know, what is a good D like, what is like the right way to do it? You know? Cause yeah, that that's kind of how I improve myself. Cause it's like I said, it's so easy to just do the fuck. Like it's, it's easy to be lazy and not do the work, not do the spiritual work, not fucking be a good person, you know? But if you just, you know, training and trying to become better, I feel like that's the way to go. Yeah, now it is. And Gods of the City, Shady Records says it was curtains for you. I meet mm. the A&R personally. Yeah. Tell me about the reference here. I, I, dig into this this bar here. Um, There was, I was working with uh, a manager at the time. Shout out my guy, G.Y. G.Y. is like, he's, he's a comedian right now. He's like a real dope comedian making his rounds in New York, doing acting gigs and shit. Grant Yanni. Um, we were working together. And I guess uh, he had met a guy like from Shady Records. And, um, you know, we were kind of like working on the hush a little bit. So he was just like passing my name around, like within like conversation. Like, oh, yeah, yo, you know about Dama Dozen? Oh, you work for Shady Records? You know about Dama Dozen? And I guess the guy... Shall remain nameless because honestly, I don't know the guy like that, and I don't want to say his name wrong either. But regardless, this is just like it is what it is. The motherfucker was, was connected to Shady Records, and he was just basically like, "Oh no, it's over for him." Da 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 da. And this is like before like the Fab shit or anything like. Oh, this is way early on. Okay, yeah, I was about to say was uh, if this was recent, I was like, "Why are they?" Saying- <laughs> nah, you know they they were saying it early, like you feel me before any of that, like. For my my locks were even growing out, like <laughs> they were some shit, like counting me out heavy, and then like yeah, like my manager at the time was just trying to figure out like why would why why are you saying that like why you feel that way? And he's just like yeah man, it's over like on some shit like that makes me feel like behind the scenes in the industry there's a certain type of talk that it's was trying to be pushed around that time, and I didn't know what it was personally. But all credit to the most, huh? 
<laughs> it's the devil with a clothesline. <laughs> that was the line after that, boy, because it, it, nothing like that could stop me. What the fuck? Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, we're going to make it. Now it's funny because now I'm on about to be on tour with Griselda. You know, West Side Gun was connected with Shady. Exactly. We saw how that fell through. So obviously, they probably thought, oh, it's over for you too, pal. Right. <laughs> but it was over from West Side of Conway too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, these clowns, man. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Th- these guys, they have no idea. Uh, what the the real hip hop really is? They really don't. They just pay attention to what what's going on on TikTok and what and those numbers are manipulated. They're not real. You see all this trendy stuff. We don't know what's real. It's not the same as it used to be in the nineties, where right. you had to actually have a buzz or TRL was putting on artists back in the early two thousand. It's not like that anymore. Now it's you can fake it till you make it. More than ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But I, I want to get into your acting because you, you've done a lot of acting work. I, I, I did want to touch on the actors and writers strike with you, but I, I do want to get into Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. They had you audition uh, a few times because uh, originally they were having you, you, you thought you'd be playing Raekwon. So they were having you audition as a rapper and as him. So mm-hmm. it, it talk to me about that whole that experience being on set with these guys, especially with Dave Easton, because you were in episode six. Yep. Yeah, I got to chill with Davies a lot. We were in a cypher together, too. Yeah. So, yeah, at first, um, yeah, I had the audition. I had been doing a lot of auditions at that point just for different things. Power. Uh, I remember I auditioned for Euphoria. You auditioned for a Rizzo movie years ago. Yeah, that was bad. It, right? That was yeah. Bad. Oh, my God. Oh, can we get to that first? Oh, my God. Uh, fucking <laughs> audition for the RZA movie. It was like with Azealia Banks. The shit that fucking uh, Azealia Banks got popped on by Russell Crowe about. Russell oh, Crow. okay. <laughs> yeah, remember that shit? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I was supposed to be in there. I was uh, auditioning for that. And, um, yeah, but I guess, like, yeah, I was very nervous. And um, the audition was with RZA. Like, I stepped in a room. RZA was there with, like, the fucking whole crew. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just... RZA and mad people, like the whole production come, like, I don't know what the fuck was going on. And it was like a guy that was like reading his lines with me while RZA stood right there. And like, I was so nervous, like I would be reading back and forth with the guy. And then if I would fuck up, like the guy would just look back at RZA. And he'd be like, okay, um, all right, let's continue. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm mad, fucking nervous, and RZA's fucking right there. And then like, I finished my shit and he's like, you a rapper? I was like, yeah, you know, um, I got this opportunity because um, I, I actually had got hired for a Sprite commercial like a few months prior, and that had got me into like the SAG union. Like, SAG uh, after. Yeah, because you can't get two commercials uh, and not pay into the union. So, like, they have a rule where if you uh, land a gig for a commercial, like the first one, you can get paid, but no. D- charges like you can't you know you can go and like you don't gotta sit there and sign up to sag but if you get two they're like yo you can't even get your bread the commercial can't come up but can't come out unless you sign you know what I mean? unless you pay into sag so that's what happened and now you know that got me you know that opportunity because they reached out they were looking for rappers like me to be in the film so i was like yeah you know i came from the sprite commercial and you know they told me about this opportunity so i just came and he was like okay you're a rapper 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, that's just, just ended right there. I'm like, I know I fucking suck. But then, um, yeah, like maybe a year or two after, we take American Saga, I guess RZA recognized me from the set and he was just like, yeah, let's go with him. Yeah, it worked out from there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be uh, Raekwon, but uh, it didn't really make sense. They had like a, you know, homeboy, what's his name? Shah, Shah, Shah I forget his name. But uh, yeah, he did a good job as Raekwon, I feel like. Um, but yeah, I got to do my thing as a, a you know, one of the rappers in the ciphers. And, you know, my own personality, I feel like I came through and shipped the whole shit real quick. <laughs> through a rock. Yeah. And changed the game. Yeah. <laughs> changed the whole season up. You did, man. No, it, it's definitely a, a memorable cipher from the show. And, you know, from here, man, what are you looking to accomplish in, in the acting league? Because I feel as though you're you're on the much bigger and better things. And I know everything going on with the actor strike because me, myself, I'm in acting and I've done a few things I don't want to announce because I, I've been keeping that on the low. I just don't want to announce it yet, but I, I know what you're going through because I was getting in my acting bag, too, and then. The writer strike came, the actor strike came. So, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Because I think actors should be paid what they're worth, and it's ridiculous that they're not. As as far as the writers, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially in this digital streaming age, man, it's just a fucked up system, man. It's really, it really is. Um, and I agree. Like, you know, shit should change. Things should definitely, you know, benefit the artists and the writers and the actors way more. Because it's like. Motherfuckers getting all these like these little ass checks in the mail. Like, what the fuck are we gonna do with that shit? (laughs) Like, you know, I did a Domino's commercial uh, like last year, and I'm very interested. This is my first time getting performance royalties, so usually it would be like a SAG situation where, like, you know, I would be kind of getting paid weekly of the commercial. But this time, I kind of had to wait until like shit started kind of, you know, circulating for six months before like I got to see a return. Uh, before I get to see a return, and I'm very interested to see how much that shit's gonna be. Because if y'all motherfuckers is giving out thirty dollar checks, it's like how many times did my commercial play for me? You feel me to get over a thousand dollars? Because bro, like I'm seeing actors out here just showing ridiculous fifty dollar, eighty one dollar. Like come on, bro. Like yeah, that's crazy. Bro, bro, shit, and it's just it's based off that the system. It's like it's it's flawed. So I totally understand. I'm I'm wit, you know. I I, I kind of fell back from acting like before the strike anyway, because um I, I've been more into like the jingle writing. Okay. You know? Yeah, and you've been doing that with Domino's. Yeah, Domino's. Yeah, I got a lot of other things coming up. How about Puma? Because you're an ambassador for them. Is there any talks? Maybe you doing something for Puma on the music I, side, jingle well, side. I, I was um an ambassador a few years back for them. I'm currently not. Not anymore. I, nah. I mean, yeah, that's a little tough. Like when you're an ambassador for Puma, or you can only wear Pumas. <laughs> you yeah. can only wear Puma sneakers. So you say I got fucking Nikes and shit back here. So yeah. like, <laughs> it would be a you got the Adidas hat on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my contract right now to have some Nikes in the back. But um, yeah, I've never actually explored like doing music for them. Like when I was with Puma, they were like not focused on like jingle shit, but uh. Their companies, like I work with a company called Duotone, and they're kind of like the middleman to a lot of companies in the their jingle work. So like I've got to do things for like uh, Scope, uh, fucking Blue Diamond Almonds, and fucking 
uh, just little, like bubble gum, like bullshit shit that like I won't even hear because it's playing out in fucking Nashville and shit, you know. Yeah. So it was like I've gotten into, into different lanes just by you know being versatile with that and having my voice be able to you know change. I could sing, I could do other things. So it's like getting in that lane is like really has been like the um, lucrative. <laughs> have you feel as though it's been beneficial on the connection side for your music career getting into acting because people always say that you want to not stay boxed in get into other lanes you feel as though that with your connections and everything you've done in acting's helped you out in your music career at all oh yeah yeah even with like you know the actor strike i feel like with the art of acting in itself like i've always been like a kid that would get in front of the camera want to do skits and acting you know, in I your own acting, skits right i was acting myself i was creating my own shit i was directing my own shit so it was like I'm always do that, and I feel like uh, even with like the writer strike, if motherfuckers are like not like actively on jobs and actively putting out movies, like we're in the content era, you know, we can get together and like do skits. We can get together and make our own films. We can you know, like act in our music videos, act in our movies. So it's like you know pushing the the talent with within our own community is is important too, because you know it's not all about you know the big budget mainstream shit. We can the shit that they're gonna want to attach to because they're gonna want to steal the sauce anyway so us as the creatives should just always stay creative and not like give a fuck about what the powers that be say and just do us yeah and i and i heard that you have a connection with jack harlow too he, he's told you that he was inspired by your flow and he was going to be linking up with you back in new york uh, yeah, uh, is there something coming soon with you and Jack? I'm not the biggest Jack Harlow fan, but are is there going to be something coming soon with you and Jack? Um, I feel like just Jack. He was um like early in his career, he was like really trying to get to New York and like glad with me because I guess he was like inspired like during the YouTube days and shit. He saw what I was doing. He expressed to me that uh, my song "Body on Me" really gave him uh his flow, like the way he kind of writes his songs with like. Uh, uh, a cadence, uh, um, how would I say it? He keeps one flow and he starts off a flow and then he sees how long he can drag the flow before it kind of gets old and he switches it. Like, cause body on me, like the hook got the same kind of cadence and it runs all the way into the second verse, but it still comes out to be like a, a pleasing song. It, it's still good. So like, I guess from that style of me doing that, he took note of that and was like, yo, he started writing like that because of me. He kind of expressed that. So, yeah, I mean, he's just been like someone who's just, you know, been a supporter and saw what I was doing from back then and just been, you know, giving me props. Um, I haven't spoken to him lately, you know, but, uh, you know, I got his number and shit. But at the same time, you know, he's a big artist now. You know, yeah. so it's like, I'm sure, like, <clears throat> as I continue to grow, you know, we'll cross paths again. I remember, like, when I saw him and I met him, it was just like, man, love, like, yo. Another man, like, yo, on some shit, like, finally beating you on some shit, like, yo, my nigga. <laughs> Not my nigga, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's a good guy. I fuck with him. Uh, shout out to Jack uh, but he, he shouted me out on L Magazine, too. Yeah, he shouted me out. Like He shouted you out on Matt. Wow, yeah. On L Magazine. He was like, yo, uh, shout out to Dama Dozen. Uh, he's from here. Y- y'all should, like, give him credit. Like L Magazine is in New York, and he's like shouting me out in my own hometown, telling them to give me love. <laughs> yeah, so like, you gotta love that. That's that's dope shit. your staple here, man. Even the the big artists recognize it. You know, 
Jig of the Black Scorsese, which your album lack is more Jay-Z. You're not buzzing if unless you got a rhyme from Dime a Dozen. You got to put something like that in, in one of your records. Wow. Wow. I never heard that. Wow. Wow. I'm telling you, you got to put that, you got to write that down, man. I'm telling you, put like something like that because you like Hove. Mm-hmm. But your album lack is more Jay-Z. That's what he said on pregame with Sauce Money. You're uh, not buzzing unless you got a rhyme with Diamond oh Dozen. You got to put something. You got to do something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to flip that. Something that rhymes with your last name. I'm telling you. I just thought about that. That would be fire. Mm, yeah, let me write that down. <laughs> 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 oh. What's the name of that joint? Pre-game, Sauce Money and Jay-Z. That's not unreasonable, though. No, no, that's off Sauce Money's album, Middle Finger You. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm not so familiar. Yeah, it's also on the Belly soundtrack because that's the scene where Big Big Head Rico is looking at DMX and Nas in the car, and they're driving by, and you could hear that playing in the car and Belly. Mm. Middle Finger You. I'm about to download the whole Middle Finger You. Oh, it, it, oh, damn. Some songs are missing. Why the fuck? <laughs> Pre-game is not on here. Really? Pre-game is not on, on Apple Music. Wow. Yeah, I download all my music on iTunes, so I'm still old school. I still download. I buy it. Like, your music, I bought it. I put it in my rotation. Once I heard about the interview comment, I was like, all right, I got to listen to this music. I don't have time for any of that Apple Music services. I purchase my music. No, I appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. You. Yeah, because what the fuck? Wow. Why? The three, two songs with him and Jay-Z is not online. And then that song with him and Puffy is not there. Damn. That's, how about from yeah. the Belly soundtrack? Is that on there? Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah, because it, it, I, I know there's a separate one from... There's one on Sauce Money's album, and then the same songs on the Belly soundtrack. Yeah, the, the one on the Belly soundtrack is there. Rap game with just one line. Go in your brain. Understand me. Before the album drop, top the Grammy. First rollie for Manny. In the stupa. <laughs> Y'all just trace me. Yeah. 
Oh my god, man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man. The, the 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 younger generation, they don't know. And I'm only because you're in your third. I'm 24, so yeah, I'm 31. You're are you 21? 31. You're 31. Okay, I was about to say because I read that online. Yeah, no. So the, we got to keep putting on for the for the. Youth. They, they don't understand that they. That's the music that I play and I listen to my own time. I DJ the most and I ride around and I don't, I can't relate to Ice Spice and all these new artists. <laughs> I'm sorry. They stink. I mean, I, that's coming from me, but what we listen to is art. I'm sorry. That's an art piece right there. Right. Yeah. The feeling that's given right there is just, whew. you can feel it just like in your, you can just, feel, it just resonates with you. You just feel it, just vibe with it. Yeah, like that feeling. I, I I live for that. You feel me? Like, yeah, man. Like some real. Ugh. It's like it's not. You can't even express it. It's like yo, good shit, good hip hop, like quality. Yeah, and, and you have a lot of people that recognize your quality and what you do, especially EQ. EQ's recognized you right now. So they got some other artists, Iman Nunez too. I think they they got some other artists that they work with. So they 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 got they they yeah, have an ear. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, Def Soldier, shout out my guy, Def Soldier. I just Def Soldier. Uh, did something, I did a film with him. Uh, he got a, uh, a, like a short film that's connected to his album, to his album called uh, Moonlight Marauder. You know, so I was starring in that. So, you know, EQ was behind that. So, yeah, shout out to EQ. Yeah. And then I remember hearing about back in the day with you and, and you and Kalani and, Unfortunately, the video didn't happen because they're hate some haters. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the general like that's the fucking headline right there? Yeah, Kalani and Dom video didn't happen because of the haters. Um, well, essentially, yeah, because like the fucking manager who fucked that nigga, um, he uh, he basically blocked this shit. You know, I came through to SOBs for her first show at SOBs. You know, we had finished the record like weeks before, like. Uh, yeah, we finished the records weeks before uh, I came to her show, and when I saw her, she was like, "Yo, when you ready? You ready to do this video? Like, let me know when you're ready." And she was ready, but when I ended up like reaching out to her management, like, "Yo, um, hey, we were just trying to trying to see like when you you know, y'all guys would be available to shoot," and they were like, "Um, well, she's kind of busy right now, so uh, maybe we should look into doing like something in the future." But it's like that song is still fucking four million plays deep now. It's like and still like one of my top songs. It's like it's it's timeless, bro. It's like the fuck are you talking about the future? <laughs> it's like yeah, we should have <laughs> did this shit back then. And now they're talking about uh well, it's funny because this is way before pandemic, I was like, hey, maybe we can do like a Skype because the song is about long distance relationship. So it was like maybe we could do like a Skype situation, like me, like a Zoom, whatever. And they were like, oh, no, well, if we were going to have her do the video, then, you know, we would definitely want her to be there. But, you know, uh, she's going to be busy, so let's do something else in the future. It just was, like, so shady and weird. So it was, like, something that it seemed like she wanted to do. But, you know, she had a lot of people on her ear. And I don't know, bro. should be weird. Like, that's another, like, life lesson. Like, you know, somebody that you kind of thought was cool and that would kind of push through for you to help shit happen. Just kind of just, like... You know, get letting the business or uh, the business is getting in between that. Yeah, getting in between the the friendship, the relationship that you have. Yeah. Oh, 
just yeah, in between not the even working, the work, yeah, yeah, just like yeah, just the us being cool and just having yeah, a working relationship because all that could be one. I feel like, but the business is is separate. It's like me and her could be cool, like fuck with each other, you know, make music, listen to each other's music. That that could be that, but it's like when the business is telling you that that can't even happen, or like when you know we want to make it official, like oh let's throw that so let's actually do a video where everybody gets involved. Like the business is like kind of separating that. And it's like well, okay, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. And it's like, hey man. I know it's cool motherfuckers. It's it's cool people out here that like Jack Harlow. Like Jack Harlow went on his way to, you know, show that love, didn't have to, you know, fab went on his way. It's people that are fucking huge artists that are down to earth. It was like I don't gotta be dealing with no type of weird diva industry action. games, yeah. From nobody, so it's like I connect with the genuine people, and I'm always connect with them. And I'm gonna remember the fiction. That's it. Yeah, I'm the same way. The fake. I can't relate to that. I got to get away from people that are on that type of time. I have no time for it. Yeah, you got to get away from that because you're a real person. That'll bring you down. I bring your spirit down too. Got to get a distance yourself. Yeah, have you jaded? Because you'll be sitting here around here trying to be genuine around fake motherfuckers, and they'll be sitting. Like they they'll be making your life a living hell, bro. Like, <laughs> like they'll have you looking at yourself. Like, what am I doing wrong? When it's just like you're not doing shit wrong. You're being yourself. You're being genuine. You're just giving it to the wrong people. You know, you're giving that you know that courtesy to the wrong individual. It's something that you always do. That's respectable. Is you know, paying your respects to Steve's because you revisited some of his lines and you would put in your record something that you think that he'd be saying now if he was still alive. That's something that is an interesting perspective. Yeah, man. Um, Like, I've been saying this for, like, a little bit. Like, if, if I'm Underground Hove, like, Steve's would be B.I.G. Mm. You, know, you know, the way Hove kind of represents for his legacy as if, you know, he's still here and, like, kind of carrying that torch as a a lyrical like rapper because me and Steve's were like I was like my right hand man in high school yeah. to the point where um he would like he didn't even rap out loud but he would come to me and like share his raps on the low with me before he would even had he even had voice to speak up and rap in ciphers so he'd be on some shit like yo what do you think about this like I remember like one time he told me like when I first met him he was just he saw me on the internet doing my thing and he was just like oh, everybody deserves a chance. Like, yo, listen to my shit, you know, like, help me you know, get where I need to be with it, you know. And from there, you know, we kind of just became friends and started working on music together and growing as artists. So I look at him like, like the B.I.G. to my, my, my Jay-Z, you feel me? Like, you know, the, the guy that, you know, was going too soon, but I, I want to represent, you know, as like a king in New York, just like he was, you know, in keep his name alive at the same time. Yeah. And, I, and that's respectable, man. And rest in peace to Capital Steve's because I know you you were really close with him. Let's relate it back to the OGs. Brooklyn's Finest or I Love the Dough? Which one out of those two? I mean, I got to say Brooklyn's Finest because yeah. <laughs> first of all, DJ Carl Ken, shout out to DJ Carl Ken, he produced that. Yeah. Uh, and the back and forth between Jay-Z and Biggie, like, that's my... Crazy. Thing. Like, 
you know, for some, like, ki even kids now to, like, understand who they were, like, oh, my God, yeah, oh, that's Jay-Z, that's Biggie. But I, I even now, like, sometime I'll be around, like, a younger person, and I'll play fucking Brooklyn's Finest, and they're like, is this Jay-Z and Biggie? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, nigga, they got a song together going back and forth? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, yeah, there's an unreasonable doubt, like, the fucking first song. And that's how he came into the game. What? It should just be mind blowing. Like what? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow. Yeah. So Brooklyn's Finest to me is just like the connection to that. I got way too many connections to uh to that song to put it over. Uh, to put I love the door over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dime a dozen. You got the tour coming up. You still got the Ghetto Olympics two game nights. You still got some stuff going on with that. Yeah, I just did one last night. Actually, oh, you I just did, did one last first, night. Yeah, I just did the first game night last night. You know, the first official game night. It was actually a. Uh, it was also a release party for my boy Theory Yeti. Um, he's a part of this uh, crew called Yeti Side. Yeti Side. Um, they're like the Bronx, Lafayette Street. Uh, you know, Bronx. But uh, yeah. It was a, a listening party slash ghetto game night. So it was the first time we did like the ultimate stoner Olympics. That's a part of the ghetto Olympics where, you know, we had roll up competitions. So we had like the best roller. Uh, it was about like who could roll like a, like a, a perfect split for five minutes. And like we had three judges. We had like another uh, situation where we did uh, Chicago where everybody like it's like um, you got to hold the week, you know, you take you inhale and you got to hold it in until it comes back to you to type shit. It's like, yeah, whoever can survive that, you got like a, uh, yeah. Let me not give out all my ideas. I see my already watching my shit already, trying to bite my shit. But yeah, good Olympics. I got big, uh, you know, plans for it. You know, um, I, this is just the beginning for it. Uh, it's game nights. I plan on, yeah, just seeing and just being in the bigger light. I feel like the concept is fucking genius. I feel like it's something that a lot of people can get involved with. From the fans, the participants, the sponsors, the athletes, the performers, to fucking big like brands, small brands, underground brands, mainstream brands. Ghetto Olympics is a fucking gold mine, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Where could people get this merch too? Because you you represent with it on your t-shirts. Um, right now, uh, DimeShop.com is uh, well, I got a like a big cartel. Um, like Shopify situation, because we have the collabo jackets, the Ghetto Olympics. The Ghetto Olympics, you should be here. Jackets, they're coming okay, soon. Okay, that's fire. You know, so those are coming soon. But um, these right here, they, they're sold the fuck out. But um, <laughs> I should be making more. But uh, Dom Shop, Dom Shop Big Cartel, D Y M E Shop Big Cartel is where you can order these when they're in stock again. Uh, you should be here. Like it's all on my on my fucking social media. It's always like some somewhere to click to get the merch. So it's you know it's, it won't be far away. And you're into oversized fashion, and I keep it the same. I like everything baggy: jerseys, t-shirts, jeans. I... Yeah, I feel like I'm getting back into my essence. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I kind of grew up a baggy guy. You know, like Soldier Boy era. Like if yeah. you watch any videos from like back then of me, like I'm I'm definitely wearing some baggy shit. And um, yeah, it probably got like some type of uh, shiny shit on it, like a, a rim or a dollar sign, something. I was real crazy back then. <laughs> <laughs> you 
know. So yeah, I, I feel like it's just nostalgic of I, I feel like history just always repeats itself, like, you know. I feel like we're getting back to, you know, more of the comfortable style. Cause I remember it was an era where we were tight. Like Oh yeah, I never I never got in that it never wore tight jeans, never the the small shirts. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. is. <laughs> I mean Crown Heights is, is Caribbean as fuck. So it's like they probably, you know, we still out here, you'll see somebody with some skinnies on. Yeah. In a fucking netted shirt. You feel me? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, we're getting back to the baggy, man. It's more comfortable. Yeah. Dime a dozen, man. Is there anything else you would love to let the fans know, audience, anything that we didn't talk about that you want to get out here today? I feel like you touched a lot touched on a lot uh, uh, of to- topics like yeah man I don't think we left any stones unturned oh I got I got one here for you if you think of anything else because Sky Zoo's always big on the gentrification in Brooklyn and he did all the brilliant oh. things uh, speaking about it what are your thoughts on the gentrification in the borough of Brooklyn I mean it's a little scary I heard the other day my boy was saying that he came into Brooklyn and it was looking more and more like Manhattan um it is a scary situation. I currently don't even like live in Brooklyn myself. I live in New York, but I'm like a little bit closer to like the Long Island side. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, it's getting scary out there. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot. Crazy. To do. It's, yeah, it's a lot. So I mean, I'm praying for the families and you know, cause New York is just expensive as it is, and it's just like. I don't think it's going to get any better. <laughs> no. So it's like, it's, it's about getting our money up and finding new ways to just sustain or just getting the fuck out of New York. Yeah. I get it. And you're seeing it. The system's breaking. Everyone's striking. Workers are unhappy. You see it. We see the actions that are going around in the world. So people are starting to get fed up. And you got to at some point because you can't just you keep getting treated like this. You got you to gotta speak up. I already know. Diamond Dozen, anything else? Do you think of anything before we touch on the topic of gentrification? Yeah, that's fucked me up. That's getting me depressed. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't mean to do that. It brought your mood down. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, man, uh, shout out to Chris Lighty. Rest in peace, Chris Lighty. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that that was my manager um, before he passed away. Um, wow, yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace. I feel like he's a big part of my story because, you know, I feel like with him, I could have done, done so much. He was like 50 Cent's manager, you know, LL Cool J, Missy Elliott, Fat Joe, you know, just having those kind of bust around, just having those connections. I feel like it made such a difference. And I feel like he affected a lot of lives in the game, you know, and uh, like that are here now, you know. So rest in peace, Chris Lighty. Yeah, man, I don't feel like a lot of people like know that. Like, they don't know my connection with Chris. I feel like, uh, yeah, if they knew, like, yeah, I feel like Buster Rhymes. I met him a few times through Chris Lighty, and I remember one time telling Buster, like, "Yo, I feel like God led me to tell you that um, Violator needs to be because we were all like on Violator management." And mm-hmm. I was saying, like, I felt like led to you to tell you like that. Chris Lighty will want us to keep pushing like what Violator represents or the Violator name. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm feel connected with all the artists that were kind of like connected with Chris Lighty. So I feel like one day 
might have those conversations again because I still feel like even then, like I really felt like I was led like by God to tell him that. And yeah. I feel like that meant something more than just the violated brand. I feel like it was more about like what it represented and who they were as like industry moguls, industry, like a juggernaut of like a conglomerate. Because I always hear all the time, Violator was is what Rock Nation is now back then. Like back then, Violator is what Rock Nation is now. You know, so I look at all those guys like the Busters and the 50 Cents. And, like and I look at myself as like a young guy coming up and it's like maybe I can help bring back the energy of like what Violator was within my own circle or within connect connection with the the artist that used to be involved with Violator too. So yeah. That was just like you didn't leave any stones unturned, but like I just kind of thought of that just now because I never mentioned that. Uh, I never even like really speak about it, but I feel like that's important and, and it's a real. It means something to me, like being connected to Violet and Chris, like you know. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that in there before. Yeah. You guys- <laughs> uh, no, that's important, man. And you were with Chris. Were you with him? Was he still your manager until what? Yeah. Eventually happened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, yeah, it's it's deep. Yeah, it's crazy to be ending this off with such a yeah. I know between <laughs> Chris Lighty and Jensen. Got deep. We got deep. It's all good, man. I appreciate you, bro. For oh, real. I appreciate you, man, and what you're doing for hip hop out here, especially acting, rapping, and acting. I'm just trying to keep up with Pac, like Davey said. You're doing that, right? Yeah, man. I mean, Pac is another inspiration for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, the acting. Yeah, man. Just coming to all, uh, becoming like an all-around superstar, like triple threat. You know, just limitless. Like I'm definitely trying to be that somebody that just doesn't have any boundaries. That doesn't have any bounds. Like I'm not. You know, I can't be stopped. No, you can't, man. And you know, Tupac, another big influence. He's definitely up there. He's from Harlem. You know, everyone always, he, yeah, I know he rocks right. with the West Coast, but he, he came, his roots are in New York. He's a New York guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> All the greatest is from New York. They know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what New York are you from? You from New York? I'm from Connecticut. I went to school at St. John's in Queens, so. Okay. Yeah. East Coast shit. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an East Coast guy. I like the West Coast too, but um, I relate to the East Coast tri-state area, Connecticut, New York. Yeah, Not, I want to shout out to Myra for setting us up and getting us connected too. It's oh yeah, man, shout out Myra. Yeah, she was one of the judges for the Ghetto Olympics rolling competition. Oh okay, she is oh so efficient. She gave like such good analysis on on the L's. She I told her she she should do it for a living. <laughs> So yeah, you yeah. know, um, yeah, she's dope. You know, she's part of the, you know, the AMG team that I'm working with. You know, with, uh, you know, I've always wanted to, you know, collaborate with like-minded individuals that are, you know, talented and want to, you know, make shit happen and get shit off the ground. And you know, I'm working with them now, so it's a blessing. No, you got a lot on the way here, man. Anything else? You mentioned the Chris Lighty thing. Anything else you want to throw in there that you have on the way upcoming as far as the you got the tour at the end of the month? Yeah, World Domination Texas. probably um at the end of the year. Um new singles dropping. New singles, yeah. Features. I'm just, you know, I'm just on the ground, man. I'm just staying creative. That's it. Like, who knows what's gonna come out? Cause it's like, you know, being creative and staying within that energy 
you know, miracles happen and unexpected shit happens. So I'm just open for it all. Dime a dozen, man. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Like I said before, everything that you're doing from the rapping, the acting, what you do for hip hop, caring about the the actual craft and doing it because you love it. It's going to pay off, man. You're going to be up there with, uh, I want to say you want to, you're going to be up there with the Rock Hymns, not the Harlows. Uh, we want an icon status here. You know right. what I mean? Buster Rhymes. It, that's where you're going to be up there with the, 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 the Jay-Z. That, that's where you're going to be up there with. Sir, yeah, yeah, man. It's gonna happen. It's just I get it, man. It's someone that's it's it's just not the time for real creators right now. They just don't pop like that. I don't get yeah. why, because we actually care, but it, it it's it in the end we're gonna win. Right. That's what I feel like that's what time, being timeless is about. You know, timeless. It's not about it's always gonna be a time when you're timeless, but it's just about when when because it could be when you're gone. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, you're nobody till somebody kills, like Biggie right. said. You know, until somebody discovers your shit when you're not even rapping no more. I'm like, oh my God, this motherfucker is it. Oh, yeah, right. I, I did that 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm onto this. Oh my God, you were such a. Yeah, nigga, you wasn't fucking appreciated back yeah. then. <laughs> like Nipsey, when he died, you know, I was listening to his mixtapes. Everyone's a Nipsey fan the day that. That is just so. That's the biggest disgrace to me in hip-hop that's the biggest d-ride i've ever seen in my life (laughs) from no because and i get tired of it because i I never heard about nipsey brought up at all because Mm. he was buzzing i if you listen like us we we knew who he was because we listened to his mixtapes and we care about hip-hop but as soon as he died everyone was like oh i'm a nipsey fan yeah we know what happened yeah yeah that happens yeah man dick riders but hey, it <laughs> but we dealing with it's the generation of that. I feel like, and, yeah, um, you know, you know the authentic, uh, you know the difference. So as long as you know the difference, and you are the difference, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and that's what we're gonna do. We change ourselves to change the world, and, and that's what we're doing here. But in order for the world to change. Others need to change as well. That's going to be right. the real test. <laughs> right. Yeah. The influencers need to change. Like the people yeah. that are influencing need to, you know, show, you know, better ways. Because you got motherfuckers watching you and, you know, you're just going to get duplicates of the fuck shit that you're doing if you don't fuck shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and they can follow you on Instagram, Twitter, at Dime a Dozen. They can yes, catch sir, you on Dime YouTube. Subscribe there. Mm-hmm. D-Y-M-E-A-D-U-Z-I-N Dime a Dozen Everywhere And there we have it Dime a Dozen man You gotta come back Once you're ready to drop A new EP A new album Love to have you back on To do another interview man Facts um, World Domination shit yeah, yeah Yeah We'll definitely spin back around World Domination is getting Finished up Or if I just Come up with some other project idea In between that Cause I always do that Like I'm working on Like an album idea That's how training came about i'm working on good olympics too but then i'm like oh i want to build up buzz and then training comes up so it's like shit like that always happens so who knows but yeah next ep next album i'll definitely spin back around and we'll, we'll chop it up again man this is a great interview bro i appreciate you man keep doing your thing until the next time keep doing the thing for the real hip-hop and everything you do in your craft man take care stay safe all right dime a dozen thank you man you too bro of course man salute
absolutely. 